Hello, and welcome to A Journey Through Fantasy. On this episode, we'll be covering The Autumn Republic, book three in the Powder Mace Trilogy, chapters 29 through 37, all of them written by Brian McClellan. My name is Patrick, and this is Matt. Ayo, you almost, there was a point where I, I thought you almost like cracked up, your voice cracked, or it didn't crack, but it got a little higher, and I was like, oh, oh God, here we go. I realized that I had said, I should say the chapters first, not the book title first. And it just the act of thinking about it threw me off for a minute. Dude, I couldn't do it. I would be, I'd like three, four times, tries every single time. <laughs> but I'm what the Spaniards call an idiot. So I'm what the Spaniards call an idiot. <laughs> um see i got the spicy pickle monster in my in my veins tonight so uh i'm all I rock almost, and rolling i almost got one out the fridge but i've got two i've got two packs left plus the one in the fridge so i gotta treat them with care so i got this weenie dog oktoberfest first world problem <laughs> nah bro I can't have all the beer. That's a third world problem. <laughs> um, but yeah, so here we are. Yeah, chapters twenty nine through thirty seven. We're in the home stretch. We're we're over. After we do this episode, we're officially over halfway. Uh, we'll have two more episodes after this one. Um, but uh, these were some big old boys, some thick boys. Some might even say thick ass boys. <laughs> Some might say that. I'm not saying I would, but maybe I would. You know, catch me on the right day, I might. Um, Damn, boy, chapters 29 <laughs> through 37, you thick. Thick ass boy. <laughs> um, so we'll go ahead and get started in here. So chapter 29. Um, we got old Daniel and Gabriel. I'll tell you what, it's been so long since I read chapter 29. I'm I'm going off notes, baby. Uh, so I actually did all my notes today, or like <laughs> after work. Yeah. And I was like, man, I actually forgot about uh, I forgot about this chapter, and really, Daniel as a whole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, so, no spoilers, uh, of course. Yeah, no spoilers. Um, but yeah, it's Daniel and Gabriel they're riding next to one another. They're heading off, and Daniel, you know, asks why he never knew Gabriel was his uncle. Um. And uh, Laura, you know, they, they have their little conversation, but uh, Laura rides up saying that uh, there's a trap south of the next intersection. So they're coming up on a T where the road they're, at, they're on is going to dead end into a road that runs north and south. And so north uh, goes to Adapest and south goes to uh, back to the Kez camp. Yeah. And I, I'm trying to remember what the name of that road was um they said it but i can't remember it uh it wasn't Gabriel, super no it wasn't super important yeah uh it, it's only relevant to a small part and we'll get to that and it's um you know gabriel they get there and gabriel is looking at the the ground and it looks like eight people um took the north road and so that's what i was getting at it, it only matters because that road is used to travel and so it could have been anybody, right? That yeah. that that went north. Um so <laughs> Daniel tells Gabriel to go north uh and just see what's happening. While Daniel and Laura are gonna go south 
and and spring this trap, so to speak. Yeah, and like uh, he gets one of his is it, no, he him and Vlor are the only power majors. He gets one of the rifle jacks to go with uh, Big G. Big G. Um, but yeah, so the, you know they they head south and they get close and they can sense the powder and, and Vlora, But oh, yeah. by the way, like I forgot about this too. They're follow if if you don't remember, they're following the people that stole Cable from the camp. Yes, I'd kind of, I, mean, I know that's like a super like basic mm. detail, but I yeah. yeah when I went back through the chapters, I was like, that's what they're doing. And this is where we find out that you know when you look into the elves, you can see uh, powder mages, and you can see knacks, and you can see privilege. Capels is a more pastel color. I think is what they said. Yes, yeah. sort of lighter. It's still it's still visible, but it's different. It's um, different. You know, she's a savage. They just hit different. <laughs> Them savages, I tell you what. Um, the counters road. The counters road. And I hear if you go two nights after a full moon, there's a man at the intersection that they're at, the counters road and uh, Donkey Dick Lane. Uh, and but, uh, Is he butt-ass naked with the chicken mask on? No, 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 no. Well, that's that's on a different that that's, that's on, on blood a, moons. That's on that's blood, on blood moons. moons. Yeah, but but on a full moon after Halloween, you go to him, you give him two nickels, and he'll ask you, "What is that?" And you'll tell him, "It's a crispy taco shell." And he'll, he'll like, ask you where you get that. How'd you get that? Where'd you get that? Uh, <laughs> man i'll never forget that that guy came up and me and my buddy were just like i mean it's on it's on the menu guy <laughs> we just ordered it on the menu he's like crispy taco shit. i'm gonna go get that <laughs> i'm gonna go get that uh, <laughs> big bastard if you're that guy listening out there send us an email <laughs> i can be reached at matthew 69 420 at ballsdeeproad.com. <laughs> Balls Deep Road. Uh, <laughs> going on down to Boogertown Road. Um, Real Road in uh, yeah. East Tennessee. Balls Deep Road? <laughs> Boogertown. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know it is because <laughs> we, we were in the mountains and Murphy started saying, going on down to Boogertown Road because <laughs> we, we kept seeing it on the map. <laughs> it's a real thing. I've been there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so they get close, you know. Again, they're they're they don't want to. There's there's a risk involved because they don't want to detonate everything and potentially kill Capel, you know. Because assuming who they're coming up on has Capel, mm-hmm. um, but Laura goes ahead and you know she detonates the powder, um, and they get to the well, location. Before they do that, they yeah. they reach into the else to make sure. Oh like, yeah, that's they're right. Sitting there for a while, like reaching yeah. into the else to. And they make a comment. They say, it's weird that, you know, we're not seeing, like, even an act. I mean, you'd yeah. think they'd have a knack. And yeah. Tanyal uh, goes, well, yeah, you would think that. Maybe we just killed them all, you know, when they were running away. Yeah. But they go ahead and detonate, they ask. And when they get to them, there's nothing there. Nobody's there. And you know, uh, they get electric boogaloo. 
you know what happens? They hear screams. They hear screams coming back from the north. Um, so they get back. Gasp. As 60 Kez attacks the Rifle Jacks. Daniel and Flora go in to help them, of course. And they, they say, you know. Well, by the time them. they get there, all them Rifle Jacks are dead. Are all of them dead or just? So all of them are dead, but they go to another area and there's three of them being held captive. That is By 23 Kez, I believe. That's so correct. They killed over half of them. But all them rifle jacks dead, but three, and then one of them, like they're questioning them. Yeah, yeah. And you know, Daniel and Laura are watching this, and they're like aggressively questioning them. And one just like seems to just like nonchalantly just stab one of them through the heart with a sword. Yeah. So there's two rifle jacks left, and they notice that they are speaking Brudanian. Correct. And Daniel's like, well, why would they be speaking Brudanian? And oh. cue uh, Pikachu meme face. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I don't particularly like this. It feels like we're retreading stuff from Alvation or the lead up to Alvation again. Um, it's like, come on now, you you, you got to come up with something different than that. Like, you can't keep doing the same thing. This was um, I felt like this was different than that. But yeah, like I see what you mean. Yeah. It's different enough inside the story, but it still from a narrative point feels repetitive, I guess. Yeah. Like that, like now it's like so every time that an army comes through, I'm now gonna second guess every army as being not the army they think they are. <laughs> you know? Brian McClellan has you right where he wants you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. What a genius. He's he's got me between <laughs> a rock and a hard place. Um but uh but yeah, so they're they're speaking Brudanian and um uh at some point Gavril and Noreen, it was Noreen that went with the one Gavril, they come back. And you know, they're able to get the upper hand on these quote unquote Kez. Uh one well, might go as far as saying they dip the dip them beans. They, yes, I, I, I would, I would let that slide. They did dip their beans. Um, <laughs> all out. Uh, uh, so they interrogate sustained. this. Sustain. We need a little bit of decorum in this podcast. All right. Um, but they they interrogate these Kaz soldiers, but they don't say a word. They 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 speak in Adrian. They speak in Kaz. They don't say. They don't get nothing. But then old Gavril hits them with that Brudanian dick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now he, he starts speaking to them every, every day. <laughs> um, and like and they're like being like butts about it like they're definitely like clearly not trying to answer and then they're like whoa this guy speaks Brudanian mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm gonna spill the beans they they, they tell them yeah they are taking Capel to Adipest they're going and, the opposite direction and there's three privilege with he, he he tells him the whole party three privilege six grenadiers and one capel <laughs> and one capel one savage <laughs> there's nine uh, sorry ten 
Uh, but say if it was nine, it'll be ever be known as the Fellowship of the Savage. <laughs> so Daniel realizes that they're fighting the wrong war. What could he mean? Nobody knows because we don't hear from him again. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, I just now realized we don't hear from him again. Nope. Yeah, I forgot all about this. Dang. Um, but it got me thinking just now. I this is probably not right. You're probably right when you're you you were saying last week how Lady Wenceslav is probably the supporter of uh, or the the backer of um, Catfish Boogie. Um, Claire Clary M. Yeah, Claremont. I was about to say, what if they since since Capel is a mute, <laughs> what if they throw her up there and be like, she is on behalf of Tangle Two Shot. <laughs> <laughs> but they I don't the public doesn't know her like so I, I that's probably not the case um or sure. maybe they maybe they hold her hostage and tell tell Daniel that you have to come out and support me to save her life could be I don't like any of those theories I'm just throwing them out there I'm just throwing them out there what I think it is is so we know that Claire, or I'm going to start calling him Simon or Simo. Simo. So, I like Simo. We know Simo ain't got no shadow. So he ain't got no shadow. <laughs> I think he is divine in some way. I'm not quite sure. That or he's a vampire. Uh, I'm not Team Simo. Uh, so <laughs> he knows about Krez. Because I don't think they're in. I don't think they're allied with the Kez at this point. I really don't actually believe that. No, I think they just pretended to be the Kez to throw everybody off. Yeah, and so I think he knows enough about like the pan- pantheon, for lack of a better word. E- either he's part of it, or because you know how Adam and Adam could feel how Kresimir felt. Yes. So. Yeah, maybe maybe he knows something. Maybe. And, uh, yeah. We won't know till next week. <laughs> Who's that Pokemon? We'll tell you next episode. No, <laughs> that's not how it worked at all. It was like next commercial break. Yeah. It felt like an episode of like six year old me, though. <laughs> I want to know. I don't need to see commercials of Gogurt before I find out that it was Slowpoke. I tell you about how uh, I was terrified of fruit gushers growing up. You were terrified of them. Yeah, because in the commercial, like a kid would eat a strawberry gusher, and their <laughs> head would turn into a strawberry. Yeah, my dumbass thought my head would turn into a fruit. <laughs> you didn't want. You didn't want that. Come on, dude! Don't don't knock it till you try it. I just wanted to be a big ribeye head. A big ribeye. <laughs> A big ribeye boy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so we don't hear anything from them. Come back next week to find out what happens with Daniel. Hopefully, if 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 they if Daniel doesn't have a chapter in the next set of chapters, I'm just gonna assume see. they they did. Yeah, they, they did. Yeah. Um, last thing I wanted to talk about. I thought it was interesting. Uh, we got a little bit of. Ins- I like how we get how the magic system or like how the physics of you know powder mages work or privilege work you know we get little bits and pieces of that sprinkled in and we got some of that here because both laura and 
uh, Tanya were in a powder trance as they were going through the forest mm -hmm. uh, before they blow up the, the powder. And um, Tanya's talking about how it's just a cacophony of noises, you know, twigs breaking, wildlife, blah, 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 blah. And he talks about how in their training they were uh, taught how to parse that information out, you know. Um, they use the word filter filter that information into where the animal noises of the forest and what was the movement of men so part of their training was how to i mean it makes sense but you know it's not something that i had actually thought of you know yeah, how to par yeah. parse out information when they're getting overloaded in a powder trance yeah that is pretty that is that is pretty cool um i hope by the end we know like almost all there is to know about privilege powder mages the savages all that stuff and i hope they bone I mean, eyes the, the bone eyes God but i feel like me. some i feel like some things are going to get pulled for that other trilogy for the next trilogy so i, I agree because it, like i know we still got two more episodes but like when i was getting to 37 i was like we ain't got a lot of book left and i feel like no. there's a lot that a lot that needs to happen yeah a lot of a, a lot of actual things need to happen yeah. but also a lot of information i think needs to be given Mm -hmm. um, so we'll see um chapter 13 nyla 30 minute uh review of chapter 29 let's hit 30 <laughs> is it 30 <laughs> uh there's, it's not gonna get any any slower i think that was probably the smallest chapter 29 <laughs> and look what happened to us chapter um, 30 is the smallest our next one okay okay well that still doesn't make me feel any better uh nyla makes her way to the delev camp um, you know, she's looking for old Bo and both sleepers. Uh, sleepers. Uh, uh, Nyla has has this encounter with a soldier uh, who's you're kind of flirting with her, but in a very uh, uh, bad way. Uh, he's he grazes. He she can kind of sense his hands close to the small of her back, and then she he ends up grazing her butt. And um, he went to the Epstein School of Flirting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you don't, if you don't, I don't even know what I'm about to say. I'm drunk. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so, um, she punches him in the face, and she realizes that's a mistake right off the bat because she's she's in a foreign camp, not an enemy camp, but nonetheless foreign. Not camp. her camp. Yeah, and nobody's there to protect her other than Bo, and she don't know where Bo is. So, um, yeah, that's wasn't smart, but you're already there double down right so she you know she basically like says you don't mess with me i'm looking for the deadlift privilege camp better hook me up before i do it again you know what i'm saying and he eyes her up and down he's looking for like gloves and stuff because you know she's the only one that can do the business without the gloves on um and see when know, i when i'm doing the business i always got to put the gloves on <laughs> i was just wondering that'd be a pretty efficient way to like clean the poop off your butt Put your hand down there, flame, flame on. <laughs> okay. That <laughs> sends the, the ass hairs off of me, though. But And that's um, all I have to say about that. <laughs> um, so she is eventually, you know, the, the soldier tells her where, where the uh, privileged are sequestered. <laughs> and so she makes her way over there, and there's like a it, it she says the tents are not as big as where the Delif King is, 
but they're very expansive. They're almost mm-hmm. as big. There's a lot of uh, canopy tunnels type things connected yeah. to different tents. And she's about to go in. Well, she also notices there's a bunch of wards set up around archaic runes and stuff set up around it. And she's about to go through, but the two guards guarding it, you know, they kind of drop their little doodickies in front of her, won't let her pass. You know, I guess she just assumed she was going to get in. Like, fuck out of here. Yeah, what you think you is? Some kind of privilege, no, no glove wearing privilege. Um, but, uh, just as she's about to actually try to like set them on fire, a woman comes up. Stupid. Yeah, a woman comes up, and um, you know she's just like she's like fuck around and find out. Yeah, she she insults the heck out of her. You know she's like, are you Bo's whore? And uh, that's uh, that is what it says. I'm quoting the book, <laughs> and um, uh, you know that. She basically says, you ain't coming in here, get get out of here, whatever, go back to whatever. What she first says is she's there to on behalf of Field Marshal Tannis, uh, to get the uh to get the update on Bo. But they're like She's like, nah, that uh, they had that update like an hour ago, bro. Yeah. Dude already came. Nice. Right? <laughs> well, I didn't mean it like damn it. <laughs> Dude already came by and found and, and found out. All right. <laughs> and uh um so yeah so she's you know nala's not interested in so entrance and she um almost leaves but then she decides she's gonna walk around and try to see if she can get us uh get us some sights on bow and um she gets up there she, she sees a break in the tent and the, in the walls and such and she finds a hey uh she finds a pale figure in amongst all the black and brown i believe is how it's worded yeah. So she knows that it is that it is Bo. Um and that woman that had just insulted her comes up and just starts slopping all over him. They they just start eating face. Stick, sticks his hand her hand down his pants. Yeah, she goes for the gold. Um and, before uh, like immediately. <laughs> immediately. <laughs> <laughs> the only person I ever seen do that was Billy Pappas. And that was two years ago when you could do those kind of things. Um but but yeah, we ain't gonna talk about who Billy is. No 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 we ain't. Um, so Nala, she walks back to the Adrian camp in a fury. Like she, her, she they said her next rational thought she was almost a Tannis's tent. <laughs> and um, Olam like somebody likes Bo. Mm-hmm. Big surprise, right? Um. But you know, Olam and, and the people kind of like, what happened to you? And like, what? And like, you look down and like, she had been burning the ends of her dress, and they were it like she was covered in soot. And she could smell the the fray the frayed. Um, uh, hey, Nala, you smell like ass. You smell like burnt cotton, bitch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dave Chappelle. <laughs> Channeling, channeling my inner Dave Chappelle. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, so she walks into Tamis's tent, and uh, uh, Olam basically lets her know, "Hey, you know, we got we we sent a messenger to the Delib camp to check on Bo. Bo's fine, but he says don't come, don't come to the Delib to the Delib tent." And she she takes it the wrong way. Well, I don't know. I don't know what the right way is. I, my assumption is that Bo 
knows this woman and this woman is like kind of being a very um i don't know what the word is but she's very being very aggressive with him and he's mm-hmm. he is not he's, also, he's not liking it i also think that they don't know that she's a privileged uh nyla yeah 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 i don't think they know that and you know maybe bo doesn't trust the dailies as much as others might yeah 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 i think yeah but nyla takes it like of course of course he wouldn't yeah of course he don't want it he wants to get his dangling pulled on um and all that stuff but uh (laughs) and all that stuff (laughs) you know what i mean Uh, oh you've been there uh but um so um (laughs) tamis tells (laughs) <laughs> Nyla to be prepared <laughs> yeah so then all of a sudden boom a Dela messenger shows up uh, saying that they've been attacked the baggage train man who attacks the baggage train um, they want to get all their clothes huh uh, then <laughs> Tamis senses sorcery he's like I smell sorcery and um, Nyla opens up into the else and she sees pastel colors fighting something dark. Now, when I heard her say pastel colors, that made me think of Capel, but I don't know. Um, I don't think it is, but yeah, I thought that it was odd that the word pastel was used twice in two chapters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So but it's, it's fighting something inky darkness. So um, this kind of gave a, both a sense of foreboding to both uh, Tamis and her. Last thing I want to say about this chapter, and it happens again in this section, but I couldn't find it. So I've never read a book where the author uses a cuss word. And so he goes, this is when she's talking to the the uh, soldier who touches her butt. Yeah. He goes, can I help you find where you're going? His hand brushed her ass gently. So it's not inside of Nyla's head. Yeah. It's just a statement of his hand brushed her ash gently. The narrator said it. Yeah. The om- the omniscient narrator, which I just thought was so weird. I don't know. Like, this is, this is completely stupid. Yeah. And, like, I'm not taking offense to them using the word ass. I just was like, I don't know uh, if I've ever seen that. I've seen it and, like that before. And, come, like, from my perspective... I agree, but also I could see there being like a back and forth because what other word would you use? Uh, if you said but, it wouldn't tonally fit the, the, the whole book. It would have come off campy, I think. Backside. Uh, you, you could, yeah, I think backside would have worked. Biscuits. Better. Um, beans. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, back boobs. <laughs> the back sack um but, but yeah i think i think tonally ass fits the story even though it does feel weird that the narrator would say it i agree now, but i when i where i noticed this in this section was also a nyla chapter yeah. so apparently brian mcclellan just likes to use the word ass when we're when we're getting Maybe it's supposed to be Nyla thinking it. I don't know, but there's no quotes in it, and so it just it comes off as strange to me. It's not something I care about. I just thought it it was noteworthy to me. Noteworthy. There's other things 
weirdly done that we'll get to later. Um, but yeah, that is it for chapter 30. Chapter 31, Tamis and Olam meet with the Delev King and two of his privilege. I meant to go back and get their names, but I didn't. Durantha and Vivia. Okay. Um, and they're losing bad to a powerful mage breaker. I had forgotten all about mage breakers. I had too. I think it's a, mage breaker was only in Return to Honor, wasn't it? No, in Promise of Blood. Okay. Remember, um, uh, Julene's buddy yep. was yep, one. Yep, yep. And uh, he died. That's, yeah, he died. And, and that's the only time we've talked about it. So, like, it was a pleasant surprise. That's how this is supposed to work. You introduce something. And then, you know, you, you, you let the reader forget and you bring it back up when it needs to be, you know, when you need something. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think he did get a, did a good job here. Um, and it, they're terrified. They, they've lost so many soldiers in the last few weeks, 4,000 cavalry and eight privileged. They're getting booty, booty hold right yeah, now. They're getting um, destroyed. And uh, Tamis has a confrontation with one of the privileged. Uh, Dor Doranth. He's Durant. a, he is Kevin. the head of the cabal. He's a massive, uh, let's see, uh, skin as black as night, jade rings on his fingers. Like, I'm picturing the guy who protects Duran Martell. Yeah, it, Kevin Durant. Um, yeah, exactly. And so he is very confrontational. And basically, Durant ends up saying, I'm going to kill you, Powder Mage. Yeah. yeah. Maybe not yeah. now, maybe not in the next week, but you're going to die. You're going to die, baby. Um, so then Tamis is like, I'll take care of this. He tells the he tells the Delip King, I'll take care of this. You know, y'all seem to be shaking in your boots. Let me take care of this. And that's what um, the confrontation is for, because like he actually thinks that they should deal with it. Yeah. It, and it's not said in the, that plane of terms, but mm -hmm. um, he says, we'll help out. And then Sulem says, they're not going to, they're scared. They're not yeah. going to, they're not sending out anymore. And basically uh, that whole confrontation is uh, quit being a coward. Quit being a coward. What he says to the privileged. He's like, uh, uh, when we have a problem, we figure out a way to get around it. We don't keep doing the same thing over and over again. Something mm -hmm. you privilege will never understand. Shots fired. Um, <laughs> so then Daniel leaves and he meets with Bayon Ippoli uh, about this mage breaker because he, mm -hmm. of course, it's it's on the Kes side, and uh, he says that he is actually girlish and his name is Sazaram. Um, he defected during the third campaign of such and such war from a long time ago. Um, and so, of course, a, a little bit of a recapping, a mage breaker is a privileged who gives up their ability to, to touch the else. And so now they become the mage breaker. You know, they keep a privilege from being able to use their power when they get within a certain distance. Mm -hmm. um, but um, he he became a mage, pay, a mage breaker as part of the deal to defect to the Kaz. And Tamis was like, you know, I know all the famous whatever from that war. I don't know that name. And he's like, well, he changed his name. And um, uh, Nyla is there present. And she's saying stuff. And, and, and um, 
Bayon's kind of like, who is this? And so Tamis wants to know the name that Cesaram used to go by, and and he and Bayon won't give it up unless he gives Tamis gives up Nyland, and they kind of just Tamis realizes like I'm just not going to deal with that. It is real fast. It wasn't as straightforward as I just said it, but you kind of you could infer. It was all new on. It was a nuanced in the conversation. Yeah. His expectation was you're going to tell me all about that. Yeah. Quid quid pro quo. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, this guy also goes by the Kez Wolf. The what? Kez Wolf. Yeah, the Kez Wolf. Um, so Olam is charged with taking 600 dragoons and 300. Uh, cuirassiers plus another 500 uh, cuirassiers to hunt Sazaram down um, and he's going to take Nyla with him the end the end of that chapter chapter 32 <laughs> Nyla is uh, you know struggling being here in this stupid idea what happened no it's just like I'm touching my mic because you went chapter 32 oh did, did it get real fuzzy it did let's just start over no no it was good i thought it was funny okay <laughs> well we you all know it is chapter 32 um yeah so nyla is struggling with this idea you know she's on this dumb chase for this kez wolf or whatever so um uh you know she's She's just dealing with it, you know. And she, you know, she still got Bo on the brain, and um, of course and she's we're gonna get him all. <laughs> yeah, and and she's with Olam too, and you know she. Throughout the chapter, she kind of has this thought of how different her life had been if she hadn't left with Vetus and Jakob. Um, you know, she might be with Olam right now instead of you know what's going on with Bo, but she wouldn't even know she's a privileged either. So, um. She kind of thinks about that throughout this chapter, but um, she had, she she got Tamis to leave a note for Bo uh, before she left. Um, right. But yeah, uh, um, you know, she finally lets Olam know why she left. You know, you know, she 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 left to help. Uh, you know, to to take take care of Jakob. Um, yeah, most of this chapter was more like a kind of like a resolution almost between nyla and yeah Olam. yeah i liked it you know it's good it's it's good stuff um yeah. you know you need you need those little dips and valleys in the action uh in, in the tension um uh they're about to make camp and they see a rider in the distance coming toward them um trying to see what it i think when uh, i think i i missed a I must have deleted some notes. Wasn't it someone who's been shot? Uh, I thought that that was... Was that later? I think that's later, but let me double check. Uh, okay, it might have been they were just letting them know that, that ahead of them, there's there's some... There, there are the people they're chasing. There's some calves. Um, So Olam sends some men out to the north and south. Yeah, he uh, just so sees a rider on the horizon. Okay. Um... So he sends, I can't remember if he sends the Carassiers or the or the Grenadiers, but he sends some out ahead of them. I thought he went full send, but uh, yeah, the ones that go ahead, uh, he hits full send, but like the Car the Carassiers, is that what you're calling them? Yeah, that's how the narrator says it, Car Carassiers. 
It's like a French word. Yeah. Um, but he sends some ahead, and then he and another group, you know, they come up to the camp as that camp is making a retreat. So then he flanks them. He he starts to try to flank them, um, and 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 his people that he sent ahead all come up the hill and almost get them. You know me, I, I don't I don't take great notes with the action stuff. It's actions action. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I kind of just live in the moment of the action. Um, but uh, uh, Nyla, Nyla fires her flame, but then that inky blackness comes out and stops them. The mage and, breaker was there, and it's kind of interesting because uh, he says. Uh, he orders Nyla to do it. They're like still 600 yards out. She's never done something at that distance. Yeah. And yeah. she gets it to work. And I thought it was odd that she goes, or let's see. Yeah. Olam says, call him back after this happens. And she goes, why'd you call him back? And he, she goes, my fire, the mage breaker was there. I saw his influence in the else. I just thought it was weird that she was confused by that. Yeah, it, it some of this stuff didn't make sense. This part, um, but also I was kind of sleepy when I read this chapter. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, but they they end up chasing the kids into Brood's hideaway. Um, I'm kind of it puts me in mind of um, like you know a bunch of canyons like like in like Utah, like those little different canyons that run around. Um, uh. But they decide they're going to go after them at first light. Um, chapter 33. Uh, Adamat shows up. Now, hey, we're back this with my boy first, Adamat. This is the first time, yeah. Yeah, I love me some Adamat. Uh, he shows up at the Kennan Hotel, the new spot where Ricky is hanging out. Uh, uh, Ricky Teabags is, uh, you know, he's moved shop since, he, since the assassination. Um and also there, the head of the bankers union, Cheris, is there. Now, is she the one who like had an altercation with Daniel in the, yep. in the second book? Okay, I, that's same. what I thought. That's mm-hmm. what I thought. Um, Claremont is trying to persuade the textile union to back him. Um, so the textile union's leader got killed in the bombing, and um, so so because it, it, this was established in the Crimson Campaign in the last book uh ricky t is the face for all the unions but he is not the leader of each union they, they all have their own leaders right and so um uh claremont is trying to gain favor with the textile whoever the new textile leader is um you know just more ways to you know these political underpinnings you know these maneuvers to to hurt ricky um and um and not so much to hurt ricky but to benefit himself which hurting ricky benefits him so there you go um uh but adamant suggests margie the the uh, woman the that he used and friends with um Faye. uh he used i to, thought that was weird too for some reason it seemed a little out of place like it, like it made sense but then it also seemed out of place. Yeah. Um, but Adamat tells them it, you know, it wasn't Claremont who 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 bombed him. Um, and it, and Ricky's pretty like he accepts it pretty quick. He's like, if Adamat says it wasn't him, then it wasn't him. You know. Cheris doesn't though. Yeah, Cheris is like, you know, the hell with you. What do you know? 
you what I think he she calls her a unit specter who remembers every damn thing or something like that. Something like that. Um, specter freaking gadget. <laughs> Inspector gadget. Um uh, uh <laughs> and Adamat uh, wonders if Fail betrayed Ricky. He kind of has that moment. He starts like just suspecting like everybody. He's getting paranoid. <laughs> yeah, he really um, is. Um, and it's, it looks like Claremont is starting to have a good, he's starting to have a real chance at winning. He's, 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 um, he's appealing to, to certain people and, um, it's not so much easy, you know, an easy thing anymore. Um, yeah, Vetus, it, Vetus paved the, paved the way. Like mm-hmm. that's one thing they said is, you know, he was obviously wheeling and dealing and he had a bigger, he had a bigger effect than they actually realized. Trying to get with what Lady Winston's left, so all the stuff that we heard of him trying to get with her, he he was doing that with everybody else, with a lot mm-hmm. of other high ranking folk, um, and um, it, you know, it, it, and they're basically saying if he wins, um, Tamis will just kill him. He'll, you know, he he's not going to be diplomatic about this. He's and Rickard's like that. We, Rickard and Sherrod, no, Rickard and Fell are like, yeah, that's not happening. Yeah, Ricky. It's not just that Ricky has to win because, of course, they want Ricky to win, right? He has got to win to be able to give democracy a chance. Because Tamas will come in and he's not going to let a foreigner. Yeah. So out of battle edges. Yeah. And so if if people, if there's a legit, you know, legitimate election and uh, and Ricky loses, Tamas is just going to come in and kill the dude and that's going to destroy any chance of it ever happening again because then the the people will be like well it doesn't matter who we vote for tamas still acts like he runs the place yeah so it makes sense i, I mean i thought this was great um i don't know what you would call this it was it was not posturing but the author did a good job of presenting a, a moral dilemma that is is nuanced enough you know it's not just ricky wants to win because he wants to win there's implications that fit everything we know about these characters yeah so i thought it was good um, I, thought, uh, I thought it was funny at the end he goes uh you've got to you know you adamant says i've got to go find this and you've got to go win an election yeah and yeah. uh one thing we uh passed over is that ricky and Cheris share an intimate moment on her way out. Yeah. And you find out that they've been like on and off for years. And he's had several wives during all that. Yeah. And yes. did we mention the text, uh, the textile union? He was buying up silk. Yeah, that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we failed to mention that. Yeah, he was buying up all the silk to undermine Claremont's undermining. <laughs> yeah. Um, because he's trying to keep control of the textile union and that's why they want margie yeah yeah because it's it's leaderless right now and claremont's trying to woo the potential leaders yeah so yeah yeah that's what it was ricky t bags buying up all the silk and um one little surprise thing which answers a question that we talked about last week uh charlemagne has escaped so charlemagne did not die Yep. <laughs> he 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 made it out. <laughs> and we find out that he was in a coma. He was put in a coma by Capel. And it was kind of like a switcheroo to get Daniel out. So that's interesting. You know, yeah. we didn't know that. Um but um 
he somehow I, he has woken escape. The timing seems a little sus with Capel. Oh, her being captured and him escaping. Because mm-hmm. they say it's been three weeks, though. He's yeah. been, he, he woke up three weeks. Um, yeah, but I'm saying that it would have taken three weeks to hatch a plan to go grab Capel. Oh, I see. Ah, I, I, okay. Yeah. I, 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 I'm standing under you. I'm I, thinking I, Charlie, Charlie Crossman is uh, behind the whole plot. I, sm- I smell what you're stepping in. Um, uh, and then uh, you know to wrap this chapter up, Adamat and, and uh, Fail plan to go to the ruins of the laborers' headquarters. Chapter thirty-four. Mm-hmm. Adamat, Sue Smith, and Fail. Look over the remains of the blast. Something feels off to Adamant. Adamant can't really put his finger on it. Um, Takes they, him half the chapter to figure out. Figure yeah. it out too. Uh, so they they end up finding out that two bombs went off, and one happened at Ricky's desk. One happened down in the basement. Um, and it, it and because basically he what it oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just say. It was it was a chance because normally if you know Ricky, he's either going to be in his office, you know, wooing a lady, or he's going to be in the basement showing off his wine collection, wooing a lady. <laughs> so, so whoever did this knows him. Yeah, well, we assume that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you put in two in there, and your chance, you know, you double your chances of getting him. Um, Which is why I find it weird that he ain't dead. I know, right? Um, it's leaning more to the to that theory you got that he did it himself. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the blasts are too big for the barrels that they assume were used. Um, big, big booms, uh, not as uh, big, but yeah, big booms that are, are yeah, go ahead, sorry. Baby got big booms. I'm um, trying to mansplain something. <laughs> um, so they're thinking it could be, uh, you know, it could be a powder major, it could be some sort of refined black powder. So and that's what they're kind of like playing around with, yeah, yeah. So Adamat goes to the college uh, and meets with goes Erskine. to school. And Erskine uh, is very upset with Adamat. It is very... Uh, and it's because he thinks he's working for the government. And Yeah. I, I don't know. It felt like uh, some feelings blood on the paper here. I don't know. But uh, yeah, well, it seems like Uskon hates the government and hates Adamat because he works for the government. Well, it sounded like more specifically did, Tamis. Yeah, it was more specific Tamis, and I could understand why Erskine would be mad at Tamis. Um, yeah, because, but Adamat does a good job of saying, "Hey, yeah, all the things that are going good for you right now are because of Tamis." Yeah, and and that's all that to me is very justifiable on all accounts because we have to assume that Erskine, we know more than Erskine knows. That's my yeah. thinking. And so he doesn't know every little detail that we have encountered. For all we know, you know, like he don't even know that Prime Lecter's uh privileged. Yeah, he yeah. He, out this yeah, he chapter. Just, yeah. So, you know, there's that attack on the college, and he's just been living in his bubble at the college. <laughs> and so, like, it makes sense, you know, but it does feel a little conjured up for some kind of, you know, drama to, to, to be had. Yeah, but it makes sense though. I, 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 it feels justified, I guess. And um, he's been there by himself because Tom Tamis had Lecter go, uh, be in charge of the Eastern Front after the collapse of Pike Mountain. South Pike yeah, Mountain. yeah. 
Um, yeah, he calls Tamas a dictator. Uh, <laughs> a dictator. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for not laughing at that. I appreciate that. <laughs> it's the only thing I can do. I didn't uh, deserve it. <laughs> yeah, um, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, he, he Adam finally gets him to be like, look, man, I'm, you know, like you said, these things that are happening are, are because of Tamas, these good things. So just chill a little bit and, and work with me here. The people um, that are coming to the university to help rebuild are yeah. union people. And the rivers people who happens yeah. to be a counselor of Tamas. Yeah, who Prime Lecter is also a counselor of Tamas. So like, yeah. you know, f- figure this out. I mean, like, whatever. But um, Adamat asks if he had ever, you know, heard about someone who's not having a shadow, and Erskine, you know, can't really help him with that. Um, then he asks about a new type of black powder, or you know, the refining of it, and he's like, "There, I can help you. There's a new chemical company." called the flaring powder company um and they're making uh blasting oil for mining this is the second time he asked about uh, a shadow though he asked fell in the last chapter mm-hmm. if she had heard of somebody not having a shadow so he really wants to get to the bottom of this this is why i love adam Matt, man he is ah, i just love i want to be him man he he's on he's i don't know I just like I like investigations and I like mysteries and I like solving them and he's and he hits like all those people. I mean you like canes. I like canes. Yeah. <laughs> Call me citizen. Um, but yeah, thank you for not laughing at that. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> I made a conscious effort not to. <laughs> so you had, you, had, you had to work for it. Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, um but so then at the very end it is revealed that prime he's just he fled the country he, he frigged off he came back and frigged off yeah so he apparently uh, lost his crap when he sensed that adam died he came in saying you know adam's dead Uskant doesn't have any context for this but he's like you should get the hell out of here my guy uh, <laughs> adam's dead kresimir's gonna blow shit up and i'm out and if you're smart you're gonna do the same thing yeah. You can be the the arch or not the archdiocese, but the leader of the university if you want to be vice chancellor or whatever. It is. Vice chancellor, yeah. But as for me and my chillings, I'm out. We go. Um, but Erskine does suggest that you go, that he goes searching for Char- Charlemagne's private library. I think so that's for the set- that's for the shadow thing. Yes. Yeah. So we're setting up for another encounter with uh old charlie yeah which i didn't think was gonna happen because i thought charlie was dead i also thought he was dead <laughs> i like how we just talked about that we just had that conversation like like where did we know. settle that we settled that he was dead right yeah we settled that he because i made the point that i wouldn't i couldn't i didn't think that him and um nick south both would have left but that's funny because when we were reviewing crips campaign i thought I, I I misremembered what happened to Nick Slaus. I thought he just had his holes poked in his hands, but he actually had them cut off. He had the whole dang things cut the frick off. Maybe I should just listen to my own podcast for once. <laughs> Maybe you should just listen to me. I am the way, the truth. Yeah, well, yeah, sure about sure about that. Um, I am I am Prime Matthew. You what? Prime Matthew, not Prime Lecter, but Prime Matthew. Oh. 
I see, I see. Uh, <laughs> chapter 35. And just like Lecter, I'm going to frig off now. Frig off. Uh, <laughs> chapter 35, Tamis is waiting to hear from uh, Olam's morning report. He's supposed to be getting two a day. Hadn't got one. Um, and so Praise he's, days. Li- he's, he's a little worried. A little Three worried. A yeah. uh, messenger arrives, but it's about a woman who is a spy for them. For the you know she's a Kez, but she spies for the Adran. What a trick! And uh, he's sad that he's like he he's sad that it was not news of Olam, and he's obviously more distressed after oh, yeah. this messenger comes in and it's not from Olam. Yeah, um, the spy is, is revealed. She's been she slept with several of the high officers of the Kez, uh, and they all believe Tamis is the one who attacked under the truce. Mm-hmm. Um, which makes sense. Um, uh, also, the Kez King is ordering a suicide mission in Surkov's Alley, yep. or what they yeah. believe to be a suicide mission. Their generals believe that it's a suicide mission. He is worded it as a final stand type thing. Yeah, and Tamis is start. Oh, excuse me. Getting a little late. Tamis is starting to second guess, you know, whether the attack on the camp was the Kez. Um, that's starting to kind of seep into his brain. So he goes to uh, Sulam's tent, the Delib king. It's not and, a place name. It's uh, the king of Delib, his tent. <laughs> yes. Exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not Brood's hideaway, you know? Exactly. Um it's uh, Sulem's he, tent. Come on now. <laughs> and uh, you know, he tells him that he plans to march double time and catch the kids at the northern entrance of the ally by uh, of the alley by surprise. And, and I think goes, this And he goes, You plan to wipe out, wipe them out, and he goes, I'm planning to do a lot more than that. And I feel like he says, like whenever he has a plan like Hannibal, he's like, I plan to do a lot more than that. <laughs> by, I love when a plan comes together. He's like, I plan to do a lot more than that. Yeah. I feel, like, I feel like that's the third or fourth time I've I've read him doing it, saying that. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think I was uh some of this a few weeks ago. Like he always likes to end his chapters with some kind of brash, bold, like, I'm gonna do a lot more than that. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm get it. Go ahead. Oh, I don't remember. I'm gonna take Chris's balls and feed it to him in the face. I'm gonna get half a penny for it. I'm Sorry, gonna cross the river sticks. It was just a very, very uh, obscure reference I just made that I have no desire to explain. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't catch it, so I apologize for that. I don't, uh, I don't think a lot of people would. This I mean. is the point that I texted you during reading, where I had noticed for several chapters. Um that in in the digital copy that I have, there was a lot of moments where it's referencing the Delev, whether it's the Delev army or the Delev king or someone is a Delev person. And instead of Delev, it says Kez. Now, I, of course, context tells me that that's an, a, a mistake, but also by listening to the audiobook while I read, the audiobook says Kez. Or it says Delev doesn't say Kez. So at first, you know, I I see that text because mainly, you know, talking about I was trying to see if it, it showed up in your print version, and you mm-hmm. said it did. 
Um, and it, I and I only and, saw it once in print though. Okay, well, Let's see. Let's see I think I I think I noticed it three times. One was in this chapter, and one was a chapter before this. So, if chapter thirty-five is the one we're on now, the last chapter that had anything to do with the Delves was chapter thirty-one. So, I think there was a I think it, there it happened in thirty-one too. Gotcha. But but what I'm what I was going to say is, I don't mean it. So I didn't bring it up. I don't bring it up now as a point of like. Can you believe they made these errors? That, that happens. But if we dig deeper, we look at this from a writer's perspective. Um, it makes me think that the Delev are with the Kevs. And, mm-hmm. the, and the reason why I think that is if you're thinking of it from Brian McClellan's standpoint, he's writing this out, right? And if his in his mind the dev and uh, the dev the day lives and the Kevs are together, are on then the same side, yeah. He's gonna he's gonna mess up and he's gonna write Kez when he means and another thing, if you move the L and the V in day live, it's devil. So that just could be you know that can't just be a coincidence. So. Also, it was very, very sus a, a couple chapters ago where they were getting attacked and they come, like Tamas comes to Swoon's tent and they find out that 4,000 men had died. And had told him. He didn't know about this. No. And he suspects there's more going on under the surface than they're letting on. Tamas does believe that, yeah. Yeah. So all this stuff, the 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 mistakes, the editing mistakes, and kind of just the typical thing that's been happening, you know, uh, Kez, Kez soldiers dressed as Adran attacking the Dalev in the last book. Rudanian soldiers dressed as Kez doing the thing now. We got Dalevs acting like they're friends. Makes me think they probably ain't friends now. So, like, I just. I find it hard to believe that Dalev is on the same side as Kez. Because they went through Adipest. Oh, the day lived in? It didn't yeah. do anything? It didn't do anything. What if, what if this is some big, big conspiracy? Like, the rest of the nine that still has kings has just decided to conspire. And so... I had that thought reading all this. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because when, I, when he said... Uh, he had, there's more under the surface of this than he expects when he was yeah. suspecting the devil. I was like, and then he makes a comment about, uh, I think in a couple chapters ago, he says Novi and one of the other nations could be helping the Kez and mm-hmm. Sulem goes, Novi would never do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, hmm. are you sure? And so I think because the Verdanians are already in Adro. I think that's probably that leads me to believe why the Dalev just passed through, you know, they just went on through, um, and still they could be, you know, part with the Kaz. But yeah, I just I don't. But it, it, there's not a left book left to defend the whole conspiracy of. I that's that's where my mind went. I agree yeah. with you there, but I don't think there's enough book left to I mean, support that. 
you're right. There, there's not there's not enough book left to to do that. Um, I just so, hope it doesn't suffer from. And this is why I didn't finish that series, The Hunger Games. Yeah. The last 50 pages of the second book should have been 200 pages. Yeah. And I didn't want some ill-thought-out shit, like a whole book of ill-thought-out shit. Yeah. I don't think that's what's going to happen here, but who's to say, right? Who's to say? But you did say earlier not to put you out on front street that you thought that we only had one more set of chapters after this one when we have two so maybe that maybe there's more book left than we both think that's true i i got no idea about how much book is left since i'm reading it digitally i i I can't physically see how much book is left i mean i can look at percentages but so we're hmm. this is 35 okay this is the start of chapter 35 yeah, we don't have enough time for that. We ain't got enough time for <laughs> conspiracy theories. That's one bad thing about reading books is that it kind of gives you some implicit information. Yeah, <laughs> so the end of 37 is this. Yeah, and see, and see the gray, the gray edge is, is in exactly. the story. Exactly. It's so, it's ads. Okay. So I don't know. I'm I, I don't know what's gonna happen, man. They all gonna blow up. Chris is gonna bring down the nuke. I do know that one it. thing. I do know that one thing that I told you got spoiled for me it still hadn't happened yet. <laughs> so, Don't spoil it for me. I ain't gonna spoil it. Um, so when the spy comes in, Tamis is like, we've got spies? <laughs> <laughs> so he doesn't really trust this person because it doesn't make sense to him that they're spies. And she goes, yeah, I mean, ever since you came back, you know, we've been in battle and uh, Holanska came or he didn't. She didn't say this, but she said almost all the spies got systematically killed, like almost as soon as Tamis came back. And so Tamis internally is like, "Yeah, Holanska, he's gonna get it because Holanska, you know, yeah, gave the gave away all the spies." All right, that's all I wanted to add to that is that you know okay. we didn't know about spies because we didn't have a perspective that would give it. Yeah, exactly. Um... So chapter 36, Adamat and Sue Smith, they go to this flaring mining company. Um, uh, they try to get in, but the guard won't let them. It's a, a young girl from what, what I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, Sue Smith tries to intimidate his way in. Young girl she, is it more like young woman. Yeah, I, I couldn't figure it out if she was like a 14-year-old or a 24-year-old. I couldn't gauge it. I'm leaning towards late teens, like 18-ish. Okay, yeah. Um because he calls her something like little something um i thought yeah as in uh yeah she's like calls her little because she is ha- i think she has the same name as her father yeah little flaring yeah yeah um so yeah so but sue smith tries to intimidate her um and but she recognizes him you know as the as the boxer and she's like uncle sue smith whatever um he's like who the hell are you and uh but so they, they let him in uh, and we find out that a cat named Boren come up with the idea of the blasting uh, oil. Uh, but so, so, but the, so the man, um, the the big flaring who's running this operation, he got no hands anymore. Uh, but he was a boxer with Sue Smith. That's how, so that's the connection. They, they both and were this boxers. dude, when Adamat sees him, he's like, 
This dude's bigger than Sue Smith. He made Sue Smith look regular sized. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. That's crazy to think about. And yeah, we know um, Sue Smith, the thick ass, by the way. Thick ass boy. Um, but yeah, so he came up with this idea, but it, it this blasting oil, but it it proved to be too dangerous. Um, they they didn't really trust it. You know, it just a little dab of do you and it'd blow up. <laughs> um uh but he ended up selling it. This bo- this boring guy, uh, he sold it without telling them. He sold a sample to somebody and they fired him for it. And as he was packing his shit up, uh, w- uh going back a little bit, when Sue Smith and Adam had to get there, they noticed that there's a there's like a platform where there used to be a building and it's not there anymore. Yeah. And he goes, and that, you might've noticed that there's a big blast mark outside. Well, that was yeah. a building two days ago. And that was, he dropped a little bit of it on him and it he dropped a vial. And he said, uh, cause they asked him where born is. And he goes, well, he's there. He's a little bit of him there. And he's over I here. Li- I liked that. <laughs> yeah, I did too. It pissed um, Adam at off though. Yeah. He didn't like that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and the little, the little, the, the, the little flaring didn't like it either or you know she was like yeah you shouldn't be doing that um but the company they find out that the sample was sold to the underhill mining coalition um so i'm thinking frodo baggins you hear bro yeah underhill uh uh and adamant knows that that's a front immediately he don't need to know any more information he knows what that is and so as he's walking out he's telling sue smith he's like yeah it's not a mining company. And Susan's like, I don't follow you. He's like, it's a front. It's a hidden society. You meet thieves like cars. Yeah, thieves and criminals. And I happen to be friends with one of the members. Sue Smith goes, who's that? It's Ricky. T. <laughs> Ricky mother flopping teeth. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... More fuel to the fire that Ricky did this. I see himself. what you did there. What fuel fire? Oh, I didn't even try to do that. <laughs> Dang, uh, I'm struggling tonight. Um, so we changed perspectives, and Ola and Nala, the other sitting and talking, uh, and they're in this fog, uh, and it's had them camp for a while. And um, so they've been in Brood's hideaway for three days now, three days. Messed around in the foggy, fog. The, foggy the whole time. That sounds like a lot of fun. I'd love to be there. Uh, I love fog. Um, Go hang out at my uh, in-laws' place. It's stay foggy. Where's it at? Lucy's uh, Brains. That's right. Well, was I right? It's, I think you. It's above that, but yeah. Yeah, you told me that. That's why yeah. I remember it. Okay. It's it's one of those things I filed away but never thought about, and then it just. I, that's not something I would have ever been able to pull. So, yeah. Um, you, sir, are an idiot savant. <laughs> <laughs> P- predominantly, the focus is on idiot. Um, <clears throat> but um, uh, then they hear a horse. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, there's a horse in my throat. I'll tell you what. Uh, they hear a horse, like and it's one of. of- and it's one of their men. Uh, it's one of their men coming up, and Nala tries to go into the void between. By the way, I talked about the void between the real world and the else, but mm-hmm. she can't do it, so she ends up into the else. And the fog is lifted, but she sees little campfires everywhere. And um, uh, you know, she, she realizes that that horse 
person is like got his throat slit the rider riding the horse so she comes back into the real world and like all shit goes down uh they're getting attacked they're getting ambushed uh and they have a little bit of some fighting and uh, she gets knocked out yeah it seems like uh and that's how the chapter ends yeah olam is shooting his carbine you know in close range and one thing <laughs> i thought was funny is you know they're playing this cat and mouse game yeah and olam's smoking a cigarette and uh dyla yeah. goes you know they could smell your cigarette, right? <laughs> and he goes, "Damn, I didn't even think about that." And he puts it, he, he he stubs it out. Pit. Pit. And then he, but he, keep, he keeps going for it, like throughout the thing, like wanting to light up a new one. Yep. I love the way the narrator. I've been meaning to talk about this since Crimson Campaign. There's a part in the Crimson Campaign where Bo. Remember, remember when Bo goes to Ricky's office when Ricky and Adam are talking? It's the first time Ricky has ever met Bo. He's mm-hmm. like, "Who the hell are you?" And he's like, "I'm, you know, I'm Bo." And he says something, and Bo goes, "Pit, pit, pit." And like the way the narrator does it, he's like, "Pit, pit, pit." I just, I love that. It's just oh, like uh, the audio book. Yeah, because it's kind of, it's kind of like he's saying, "Damn, damn, damn," but he's kind of mm-hmm. like, but he or pit or shit, shit. Damn, 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 damn. <laughs> Damn. Um, that's a thick ass poem. But uh, but he, but he goes like pit pit pit. I just I love the way he says the, the narrator says that pit 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 pit. Like he smacks his lips like pit pit pit. Um, but yeah, so that is the end of chapter thirty six. Chapter thirty seven. You know what I'm talking about? Sounds like the end. Adamant finally gets to meet with Ricky T because there's got really loud. <laughs> what? It was funny. Don't don't cut it. Adamant <laughs> finally gets to meet Ricky T. <laughs> After three days <laughs> of trying. There's a trend, by the way. We're getting three days, three times in the last three chapters. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. This book is a geographical oddity. Um, three days from everywhere. We had that uh, on our door, our grad uh, grad office door in Kansas. <laughs> this place is a geographical oddity. Two weeks from everywhere. Two weeks from everywhere. Yeah. I won't fuck. I'm a Dapper Dan man. Um, fuck. Watch your language, young fellow. This is a family establishment. Um, Wrote that. Uh, but yeah, so Ricky has ramped up his. Uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, his bodyguard count and it's creating this basically physical red tape that, that kept uh that kept uh adamat from getting to him and rickard's like how come the guard didn't let me know and he sh- it feels like well the guard probably let somebody know and then that person probably either forgot or they had to go <laughs> do something and yeah it just got lost in the sauce lost in the sauce um trashed and, and ricky ricky t hadn't slept in five days he hadn't left his office in two two and you know what happens when you subtract when you, two from five you get three <laughs> you get three you knew where i was going God, <laughs> i can't pull the wool over you for nothing because <laughs> i'm the smartest human there ever was that is correct i'm not cutting that out <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and everybody said, Matt, you is smart. Matt, you is smart. 
Um, Adamite tells him, you know, who who bought up all that blasting oil. Um, and it is the Underhill, Underhill Mining Coalition, also known as the Underhill Society or Club, whatever the heck it's called. Um, but Ricky won't, you know, he, he, he's not willing to divulge the members, you know, he's like, I can't do that, you know, you know, I'm sworn to secrecy. And Adamant's like, these dudes trying to kill you, bro. Yeah, at least you got to know at least somebody who doesn't like you. Give him, give that person up, you know. And that's what he says. He's like, is there somebody that doesn't like you? And Rickard's like, not really. No, everybody likes me. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm Ricky T. But we, but Adamant says, you know, that the amount that was used in the bombing did not add up to the amount of the sample. So there's more. That, there's more, and and Ricky's like, well, I know exactly where it is. <laughs> it's uh, it's where the headquarters of the Underhill Society is. Go check the basement. <laughs> it's here in it's here in Kennan Hotel. <laughs> I don't know if we mentioned that he moved his headquarters. Did we? Yeah, we did. Okay. Whatever chapter that was, the first Adamant chapter. Gotcha. Uh, in this series, yeah, yeah, he moved to the Kennan Hotel. Um. So then Adamant fell. I do. I, oh. I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you, but oh, I like yeah. how Adamat breaks it to uh, Rickard that uh, it's the Underhill Mining Coalition. Yeah. Goes, I do know who bought it, though. And Ricky takes a sip of coffee and he goes, the Underhill Mining Coalition, and he spits up his coffee he goes, <laughs> <laughs> and like wears it. Yeah. Very so typical type of thing. Spit take. I've never seen a spit take in a book before. Yeah, I don't. I want to say I have, but I don't remember off the top of my head. I probably have, but I don't remember one. I don't keep up when they do spit takes. You know what I'm saying? I am the rest of my life. Spit take count one. Um. So yeah. So we switch over now, and Adamat and Fail uh, have gathered have gathered a group, kind of basically evacuated the building as best they could. Uh, and they got a group of people. They're gonna go down they to the did basement it secretly too. Like, yeah, did it kind of sly? They don't want to cause a fuss, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and they also don't want whoever's done it to suspect that you they know, know they, what's up. They yeah. know what's up. So the um, you know, they they tell the group what's going on. They're like, you can't tell anybody else about this. And one person starts to sweat profusely. <laughs> um, and <laughs> oh, Lil Will. <laughs> no, that's his name. What? <laughs> little Will. Oh yeah, Little Will. Little Will. My cousin Little Will was sweating like a hog in church, and <laughs> but but uh, um, <clears throat> I lost my shit here. Uh, yeah, so he's sweating, and uh, Adamat tells Faye, "Hey, you need to keep an eye on him. He could, you know, he he could be sweating because we're in a room where shit could go off at any moment. Because that was the thing, and I I, I apologize to all you people out there, especially you, Matt. The big thing about blasting oil wasn't that it's set off by fire; it's set off by sh- uh, shock. Yeah. yeah. So anybody could drop anything at any moment in this thing. This whole building could blow. Um." Because there's ten vials and it, they think that only like they 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 know there's a lot of it left. Yeah, they don't know how much yet. I don't think they they find out here in a minute. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Oh no. Um, uh, 
But yeah, so they don't know if he's sweating because of, you know, again, because of the situation or because he had something to do with it. So Adam Matt tells Fade to, you know, keep an eye on him. So they work their way down to the basement and there's another big wine cellar for this hotel. Um, and Adam Matt realizes they very easily could have put it all in the wine. And, and there's, there's a thousands, lot of wine. A thousands of wine. So he kind of uses, you know, process of elimination to, to kind of eliminate certain ones and all that stuff. So um He's like, y'all keep searching what you're doing. I'm going to focus here. And I think Fail kind of already thinks that, that it's stupid that he's doing that. Um, yeah, she goes, you really think they'd do that? And he goes, well, it'd be the first thing I would think of. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, and um, so they end up, you know, they're still searching. And then all of a sudden, um, uh, one of the group, uh, some sudden, of the group. Boom. Yeah, all of a sudden yeah. everything blows up. Um, one of them finds it in a kitchen that's that's one level up. Before they um, do that, though, they're in that basement and Fell's like, all right, guys, it's time. I got the keys. And they go into the Underhill Society room and which, Adamat's like, so you're okay with these guys going? And they're like, she's like, yeah, they don't know where they're looking. They just, they just think they're going into a room. Yeah, they don't know what they're doing. But that room looked awesome. Like, that's that's the room I'd want to hang out in. It liked, uh, it looks like a, what I would picture is like a modern day theater room. Yeah. Um, with the, like th- a card table in the middle of it. Yeah. And like, like, like I would think when I like, say theater room, I mean in a house. Yeah, Not, yeah. 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 You got like, uh, like dark wood walls and red. I'm thinking red carpet for some reason, <laughs> red carpet. <laughs> And uh, leather chairs and leather uh, sofas and uh, humidors everywhere. Like that's that's just me though. And then a card table. I ain't played poker in ages. I'd love to play some poker. Yeah, I would too. Poker, rummy. I don't care what it is. Let's play something. Um, rummy, cummy. I don't remember how to play tonk. I always remember it's kind of like reverse rummy. Uh, there's 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 something different about it that's kind of inverse yeah. from Rummy, but mm-hmm. I can never remember what it is. We exactly. played Tonk at my uh, one of my internships. Yeah, me and my dad used to play Tonk and Rummy like every night when I was in like elementary school and high school. I always played chess with my pa. I don't think my dad knows how to play chess. <laughs> it's, I, pretty I, it's pretty easy to learn. I suck at it though. Like all the different moves, like. Like the only one I ever really was trying to learn was, and what is it called? I think it's called the Indian Defense. It's like it's an opening move. Mm-hmm. I, I I I tried to kind of do that, but I don't know mid game. I don't know end game strategy. Like it's too much to think of. To keep I remember playing. one time I was playing with Evan and he was talking mad shit, and I was like, "I beat you, I beat you, <laughs> I beat you." <laughs> and Evan's a smart dude. Yeah. Um, I thought it was gonna beat the shit out of me, but you know, I had to talk a game. Yeah, 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 for sure. And man, that game lasted a long time. I think I won, but I could be wrong about that. But and you then, lasted a while. Yeah, I think I won. And he proceeded to read a bunch of chess books and started watching a lot of chess videos. And the <laughs> next time we played, he just he beat that ass. He beat that ass. Yeah, I, I started wanting to get more into it with that uh, Netflix show or movie um, or 
show, whatever it was. The, the Princess is Gambi. The Queen's Gambit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so yeah, they find it in the kitchen, and it, you know, so they they all come up there like, hey, we you know, we found whatever, whatever, and in, under in in a cabinet underneath there, there is a a um like a box, a container, and it's got eight vials with so two of them are missing because like, it's got slots for each of the vials, mm-hmm. ten slots, eight vials, and that's where we end that bad boy. So. Um. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, th- these were long chapters. Um, I I'm guessing based on what you showed me earlier with the length of the book that we got left, um, the next two might be shorter, like the next two episodes, um, and not as thick. I don't know. Um, maybe you, though. Can you tell me? So okay. So uh, for everybody else. You know, come back next week for chapters 38 through 46. Um, and then for their final episode, it'll be 47 through the epilogue. Now, can you tell me the number chapter before the epilogue? Is it 54 or 53? 53. Okay. So that's the seven chapters. So we got eight chapters in the seven chapters. And this last one was eight. So we eight, eight, and seven. Um, yeah see it's it's the same yeah but i mean well it's the same chapters you know number of chapters but you know the the chapters could be shorter too um because i mean our first episode was chapters one through ten and they were short buddies they were short we blew through those but yeah so like i said come back next week for um 38 through 46 um and then you know, we're we're on the home stretch then, you know. Um about to do the dang thing. About to do the dang thing. So um we'll see y'all next time. Bye.